I'm Sarah Elizabeth Smith, and this is the Theosophia Podcast. Today I'm speaking with Crystal Cheatham. She's a social activist creating conversation and action concerning LGBT people in religious spaces. Crystal works as a ghostwriter, but maintains a public voice through articles, op-eds, and blogs. She's a columnist for the Philadelphia Gay News and a contributor at both the Huffington Post and the new civil rights movement. She's a musician, a podcaster, and most recently, she is the founder and CEO of Our Bible App, which seeks to uplift believers of all stripes. But what I admire most about Crystal is her unwavering faith in the holy and her devotion to her spirituality and all its complexity. She sees the beauty in the complexities of her identity and image as God made her, And she provides the world a transparent and honest telling of her story so that others might connect and find solace in their experiences of faith and identity as well. Here's Crystal's story. So where are you from, Crystal? I, uh, that's a really tough question. My My family is from Zambia, Africa, or at least on my mom's side. Okay. On my dad's side, my family is from the South. And so um, when they got together, they immediately became missionaries. And uh, my, I, have, I have three brothers, and each of, them, each of us is born in a different state. <laughs> wow. Most of us are like two years apart, so that was pretty uh, amazing on my parents. And, and one of them was actually born in Zambia, Africa, uh-huh. They were there for mission work. So wow. I mean, all over, but I think I spent the majority of my childhood in Pennsylvania and I'm back in PA now in Philadelphia. So okay. Okay. I call Philly home. Yeah. I've played many, a, many a softball games at Villanova and yes. yeah, that's the biggest school I've been out of out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And what was your, did you go to, um, High school and undergrad out there? Um, I went to high school at Blue Mountain Academy, which is a boarding school in the hills of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I did my undergrad in Michigan at uh, an Adventist university um, called Andrews University. I've heard of that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No way. No way. Yeah, because yeah, I would. Uh, I, you know, I lived in South Bend, Indiana for eight years and I, we, oh, shut up. Yeah. And so well, that is like right there. Yeah. So I'd go to the beach on the weekends in uh, St. Joseph, Michigan. Yeah. Oh, and so there's tons so of cutesy. tons of kids would be up there, you know, out on the beach and I'd talk to them and hell yeah. That was like an oasis for us. Isn't that literally. the cool, I always say Michigan's like the hidden gem of the United States. Really? I always say I will never go back to Michigan. <laughs> well as a fighting irish woman like i officially hate michigan but okay high five to that um but the beach right there on lake michigan my goodness it's beautiful it really is beautiful i remember one of my last uh, memories there i have a half sister who lives in um elkhart indiana yeah and we were there for the fourth of july before i moved back to pennsylvania and we were basically laid out on the boardwalk dock watching the fireworks over top of us. And I was just like, oh, just like 
mm, a Krispy Kreme, just wonderful, warm moment with my, with my big sister. <laughs> if I can break food into it, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Seventh-day Adventist. Yeah. Why in the world would you go to that church? Is that where you grew up? It wasn't my fault. Or like, yeah, I grew up unpack that a little bit. Yeah. So everybody, everybody in my family, my mom and my dad's side, they all ended up being um, pastors or uh, deacons in some respect. And um, yeah, it was just the next step for me to go to Adventist school. So Blue Mountain Academy was Adventist and Andrews was Adventist. And I did a lot of singing. I was a huge musician, a huge praise singer and um yeah they dragged me in what's that tradition like i don't know much about it about that adventism it's kind of like uh judaism and southern baptists like just like squished together so it's a very bible literate uh tradition Uh but then you don't go to church on sunday you go to church on saturday and you keep the sabbath and uh many of them are um kosher and honestly Uh like i really enjoyed being an adventist but when i came out like it was just impossible it just wasn't it was just not possible to be a gay adventist like they make it impossible for you um when did you come out what was that process like yeah, so I had just started to come out on the beach, you know, when I was talking about with my sister that summer. Um, and that was when I was uh, matriculating out of college and into like the workforce. So it wasn't until like the very end of my college career that I decided I should say something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but like coming out is not, I mean, it's not easy. And I hear that um it's uh statistically women will come out later than than dudes Mm. and um if you are a christian and if you have been kind of buried in purity culture and that you know you are you are basically a flashlight for your male counterpart Sure. I'm being vulgar, but honestly. No, come for on. real. For real. Um, yeah, like you don't really take the time to think about your, your sexuality. And I didn't, you know. Yeah. Um, when I was in college, I was also significantly overweight. And so there were just all of these factors that made like sexuality so comfortable on a shelf. Right. And I, I like, I think what was... What was the the tipping point? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But definitely. Yeah. I'm my little cocoon. Yeah, I don't think I am today. I don't think I came out till I was like 24. I was in graduate school. I mean, Mm -hmm. and they, you know, I went to a pretty conservative, uh, I don't know what you would call Notre Dame. I mean, it's, Mm, it's a pretty... It's Catholic. It's Catholic. I mean, yeah, it's Catholic. So, I mean, in hindsight, it probably was an okay place, at least for the leaders and people that were there to take care of me. It was safe to explore those questions, which I did. But socially, I think it was a lot harder. And people, at least I know females, definitely don't come out till after they leave. And it's a big joke. Oh, yeah. 
like, <laughs> I, you know, I'll, I'll go back and see a bunch of, you know, old friends and like, Oh, you're gay. You're what you're, you're trans. What, what happened? Like, why was anyone talking about this when I was in school? That's I would have felt a lot more not alone. Cause I was, you know, obviously feeling like I was the only one and yeah, you know, I had that experience with one person um, and I'll just call her D. Um, but she was on the basketball team with me for the three months that I did play basketball yeah. and I was horrible at it. But when, when, when I moved back home, she hit me up because like I came out everywhere. When I came out, I was just like, world, I am here. Um, right. And so she heard about it and hit me up and we ended up hanging out. And I was just like, I had no idea. And she was like, yeah, you should have been um, out while you are in a dorm situation. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I missed out, I guess. You did. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Failure to launch. Yeah. So how did that affect your spirituality and your faith? Hmm. Um, you know, I was, I was always just really, um, in touch with my spiritual side. And I think, it all had to do because with, for me, it was a choice to be a Christian. And I think when you grow up mm. in a fundamentalist home, you kind of just get pushed in a direction and you don't really have a choice and you just kind of pick up baggage as you go along. Yeah. Um, but something really formative happened to me when I was 15. Um, my father, who was kind of the, the, I mean, he was such a patriarch of our family. Like he sure. really was like we are Seventh-day Adventists and we're Christians and we're going to do this and this and this and this and um, he got he was sick for a long time with cancer mm. and um, the entire time and like you can you, I mean if you have ever lived with somebody who has cancer you, ex you will see the physical toll that it has on their body the cancer but also the treatments you know yeah. um, and just watching my dad go from uh, Mr. I'm going to fix everything in the house because I know how to, you know, basically, you know, being cradled, you know, and having to wear an adult diaper and like, you know, the decline. And I, and I was just like, look what your God is doing to you. And, but that's not how he took it. He really continued to have faith and spirituality and continued to study his Bible up until the day he, that he passed. And for me, seeing that decline in that obvious, uh, just arrest of, of, of spirit and health, but seeing him rise above, I was just like, what is this? Hmm. What is this? There has to be some truth. Like there's things to my dad's religion that I don't like, but there's things to it that I don't understand that seem yeah. bigger than me. Right. Um, and and I honestly chose to be in spaces where I could figure that out. I chose to go to boarding school where I was able to figure that out. Um, I chose to um, write songs and find ways to meditate in prayer and in thought. And so when I came out, I didn't feel like they could tell me who God was because I had figured out who God was in my life. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest, the biggest loss of coming out in a fundamentalist space was the loss of community. I really just 
you know, didn't, didn't have any support system underneath my feet besides my mother and, you know, my, my very close family. Um, and even that was hard, you know, but yeah, here we are today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so how has that, I'm sure, shaped your career path now? You've been an artist, you're a writer, um, I'd call you a theologian. Cool. What, other, what other things do you... Or, yeah, I guess that's two questions. What are you doing now with your career, and how has that experience of your faith and, and sexuality played a part in shaping your career path? I can honestly say that I was lost for a while after I came out, just trying to figure out where I belonged, Mm -hmm. where I fit in. And when I discovered that, you know, that I was right, that God did love me and that there were other people out there like me, I was furious. I was angry beyond belief. Um, there's, there's something that happens like now that people talk about, and I think it started with James Baldwin talking about like the woke black person Yeah. that when you're woke, there is an anger in you that is just constantly burning. Mm. And I can honestly say that the anger in me mm. about being lied to and betrayed by this like womb space of a religion, my entire mm. life about I, like, gender identity and sexuality just like, like, I just could not, I was like a dog with a bone. <laughs> the only reason why I use that phrase is because somebody used it about Omarosa and I couldn't get out of my mind if, like, that's right now. But anyway, I just couldn't let it go. I couldn't yeah, let it go. Yeah, yeah. And so like that, and that fire still burns within me. You know, yeah. there's so many times when um, I am asked to speak or I am asked to give my opinion and I don't have to prep to do it. Like right. that, I'm just, just I'm, in there. I'm just furious. And I, yeah. And I'm constantly thinking about it, even in the back burners of my mind. And so what came out of that fire was the identity kit project for queer Christian youth was, um, another album that I recorded, um, was the follow the red balloon project, which was so cute. Um, a long, long time ago. And eventually, you know, working with soul force. And then finally, after that, the, the, the app itself, our Bible app. Um, And I just, I'm, I just don't think that the religious right has a monopoly on God and (laughs) tradition and faith and spirituality. And, um, and I'm out to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm so, that's one of the reasons I wanted to interview you and, and why I'm doing my podcast, right? Like not only the religious right doesn't have monopoly, but men don't. And oh, um, yeah. there's not enough women's voices or queer voices or, you know, that's to that. Mm-hmm. all these voices need to well, be out there. That's what I love what Vanderbilt is doing uh, mm-hmm. with the Carpenter program. And honestly, it was my interaction with them that I thought there are so many thought leaders here in this oh, yeah. school, 
why, where do they go? Where do they, if this program has been here for a couple of years, where are the fruits of their labor in the world? Yeah. And I'm like, how come, how come they aren't uh, part, how come they aren't leaders of mega churches? How come they don't have, you know, yeah. podcasts and books and all that stuff. And the truth is because those people who are in, are in control of the, the veins of dissemination, like yeah. the publishing houses and, the, and blah, blah, blah. And like the, um, the radio stations, like they're conservative and their, their minds when it comes to stuff is so small. And so that's why I was just like, Oh, we need to, we need to figure out a way. We need to yeah. figure out a way outside of them yeah. to put our media out there. Yes. So that little kids like me, like, like dikey little crystal Cheetah, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have to go through that whole rigmarole of like, you know, experiencing her God die and then come back to life or, right feeling like you know there was a chance that the bible didn't accept her or right. you know all that bullshit you know it's just like i think vanderbilt is is really onto something um and i hope that they only get more funding to do what what it is yeah doing. yeah um and your project which we'll talk more about in the second episode our bible app um is just another way for me and like you're saying all the folks at vanderbilt is is saying like like everyone needs spirituality. Gay kids need spirituality. Like the, the religion and church and whatever way in which you interact with the divine is not just a straight white person thing. Uh, it's no. a it's a human like you could go to any ends of the earth and folk are are somehow some way interacting with the holy. They may call it different things, but it's a human innate thing to want to belong and hope for something bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to think that, you know, you can only be a certain way or a certain sexuality or color or gender to do it is really small minded. It is. And just like, just to double back on that, you know, about, um, white culture, specifically white male culture. Um, I think, I think we are important right now because of what Christianity has done to colonize the rest of the world. And it's still happening. So people from these mega churches, like the Saddleback church, which is Rick Warren's baby are setting up these mega churches in other countries, sometimes much more vulnerable countries when it comes to this, kind of uh, the way that America talks about religion and they're setting up camp and they're telling people the way that you're living your life is wrong and we know, right. So be more white and more white male. And it's just like, are you kidding me? The audacity that you would go to somebody else's country where there are a 2 billion, 2 billion Muslims and say, y'all are wrong. What the that's crazy that's crazy that the audacity just like blows my mind and like i've heard about colonizing since you know i mean when my mom used to tell me stories of her childhood and how my grandfather um was uh uh he ended up working for a missionary and what the missionary did was go around to different tribes in then it was uh, northern Rhodesia and teach them the word of God and basically quote unquote civilize them 
And so he was telling them, hey, if you want, if you want aid, if you want, <laughs> if you want all of these good things, but also the queen has said that this has to happen. So, so uh, worship this God and not your gods. And I'm like, what a rape of a culture. What a fucking rape of a culture. We need to stop. We need to leave people alone. Yeah. That's what we need to do. I'm with anyway. you. I'm with you 100%. And colonizing is such the appropriate word. And I'm sure some folks listening will be like, wow, that's might blow your mind or be too aggressive or, but that, that really is what it is. I mean, it's changing people's cultural, ethnic heritage. Like I, I think about that in our context most vividly in Oklahoma as our native American culture, uh, folk. We have a lot of, you know, reservations and tribes here. Um, and trying to, Americanize them, which means make them literally. That means make them more white, and it. I just don't think that's what Christianity is about. And it's a huge problem. It has. It's become more than just. And this theory. is happening to LGBT folk too. Not. It's just not. It's not just a making folk white, but it's also making people straight. And mm-hmm. I think that's what me and you have dealt with. Is like, if we can't conform to a specific way of doing life or being in our bodies, like then we're not welcome to, or have access to spirituality and community and have the resources that other folks are having. Yeah. It's a, it's a straight out. It's a shame. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I was saying it's more than just rhetoric because we're seeing the effects of this kind of thinking and work. Um, And I, for one, am not excited about, um, what our president has done and what our president promotes. And so just seeing, just, just seeing how it's translating into how his rhetoric and that, that idea that if you are American and you are a Christian, and if you are an American Christian, you act and look like this, just seeing how that's translating in our immigration laws, how that's like, trickling down into um, the hearts and minds of, of people interacting on the street, you know, mm-hmm. like it, fist fights breaking out and people saying, get out of my country. And you know, just people calling the police on black people who are doing normal things. It's like, right. Like this is, this is, this is not okay. Like, yeah. you know, this is, this is civil unrest that is occurring because yeah. of those ideas that, that if you look this way, you are right. But if you look this other way, you're wrong. Yeah. And the only way for you to prove that to us is for you to forget your culture. Yeah. Be colonized. We've got now in Oklahoma too, in the news right now, a, a young 12 year old trans kid who's being bullied by adults. I saw that. Like what? <sighs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, we could go on and on about ridiculousness, but back to you. So, (laughs) (laughs) sure. (laughs) Let's let's think of let let's talk about maybe our where we connect on being you know queer folk and what spirituality looks like. Like, how do you 
how do you encounter the divine the most in your life? Hmm. Or what are some things too with this question, like that are saving you right now? I love that question. Ooh, the things that are saving me right now. Um, and I think my spirituality has always just been like a mess because I mix it in with relationships and it gets mixed into my work. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's work, but it's also where I find um, respite and yeah. healing. Um, but I think that right now, one of the things that's really saving me is Twitter. <laughs> 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 I mean, oh my goodness. I get I get a lot of I get a lot of um emails from people um talking about how they like the app and then I get a lot of emails from people who are just like what you're doing is sinful and wrong um mm. and I can't believe it and are you are you rewording the bible? And I'm like no, I'm not rewording the bible. The bible is is gay enough. I don't have to rewrite it. Um <laughs> But like, I mean, all of all that, just like constant having the community charge at my spirituality, charge and challenge it and try and take it away and rip it apart and throw it up and put it down. It's like, it gets exhausting. Yeah. And it's just so nice sometimes to flip open my phone because I have a flip phone. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and and see some of the comments from like Broderick Greer, you know, because yeah. like he his, his dude. of the world is yeah. is so similar to mine, right? right? And I'm just like, oh, what a great comment that you just made about the political thing or right. the funny thing or the pop culture thing. I'm like, thank God for you, right? Um, you know, it's like it's Broderick Greer, it's Matthew Blake. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's like it's all over the place so I think that's one of the places where I am having a lot of fun and learning that it's not that serious I can relax a little bit yeah what was your other question uh where you encounter the divine the most hmm. you know I spent a lot of time alone um and I think it's it's like I, I spent a lot of time alone trying to tune my ear to what I should be doing. And if I can't stand the silence anymore, I, I, I turn on Jesus Rock. I am such a Jesus Rock fan. Seriously. <laughs> Music is where I experience the divine. Music yeah. and poetry. Like oh, yeah. I die over poetry so hard. And that's exactly what lyrics are. Um, and why oh, yeah. I cared so much about lyrics when I was a musician. Yeah. And um, yeah, like uh, I'm, I'm so in love with need to breathe. I oh, love yeah. them so hard. Those yeah. little boys were so cute. Oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was a huge Switchfoot fan and I still love John Foreman, yeah. like with all of my heart. <laughs> my God. Yeah. Those little yeah. white boys, we can hang out anytime. <laughs> <laughs> But like, yeah, like music is such a big part of my heart and where I see God and, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. What a for, good question. Yeah. There's nothing for me like an, a really great country song that's super angsty and like Ooh. sad and has like those really pithy lines that just drive a dagger right into your heart and just yeah. twist it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm with 
I'm such a music person too, but I, I'm a huge kind of country folk bluegrass person. Yeah. Um, I think one could definitely, yeah, me too. Singer songwriters, folk songs. I think, I think need to breathe is the most country I can go. <laughs> <laughs> unless you get me, I don't know if there, if you would even consider Shania Twain country, but unless you get oh me like my a God. Really <laughs> man, I feel like a woman, like, I could sit yeah. here and name off like all of her songs. Oh yeah, like, it's my childhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like right now, like Chris Stapleton, like so ugh, he's got so many. He's more like bluesy country. Really, I feel like I need to write that down. Oh, you need a little Chris Stapleton. <laughs> okay, take it. But so again, we're getting off track. But what do you? What would you say your life's work is or your vocation? Because I, I'm calling you a theologian because you're doing, your work seems to be centered around your faith and you care about, you know, the church writ large in terms of like God's people um, and how, I, yeah, say, say. Oh, say I think, um, I think the app is, is my ministry. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, but I know that I am, I'm a writer. I'm definitely a writer. I, I got my master's in creative writing and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the day when I can go back to writing and not, um, building a startup and, Mm -hmm. you know, to a, to, I can't wait till I, till I can, be reflective and quiet and, um, and do, do the writing. Mm -hmm. It's just so chaotic right now. I just don't, there are so many loose ends and I am such a big person kind of, kind of gal. So I just, uh, it exhausts me the stuff that I'm doing right now, but I Mm -hmm. know that there is an end. Um, and, and there's a, there's a point to it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think I'm between callings at the moment. Mm Thanks for joining us, everybody. And thanks again to Crystal for sharing her story and being so open and vulnerable for the advancement of human flourishing, especially in those communities that need it the most. What a wonderful soul you are. Join us next week as Crystal shares all about her new project, our Bible app. You can go ahead and download the app on any Android or iOS phone. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Theosophia on iTunes and check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Theosophia. Have a great week, everyone. Peace.